a lot of times we feel more stuck than we actually are. You know, so if you're in your current job, then it's not you can't leave most of the time. It's you're choosing not to. And just changing your mindset around. It's not I can't leave. I'm choosing not to leave. And then start asking yourself, why am I choosing not to leave? Welcome to You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. You are ambitious in life and in your career, but something is missing. You want to bring more of your passion to what you do, because let's be honest, you pour a ton into your work and it needs to mean more. I'm your host, Laura Eigel. I'm a mom, wife, PhD, coach, advocate, introvert, and indoor rowing fanatic. I'm passionate about living a life that's in line with my values. We'll give you the actionable tips and tools you need to lead with your values, make a difference, and have career success. The world needs more diversity and authenticity in the top jobs at organizations. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-suite. What gets you up in the morning? What drives your decisions? What do you stand for? No idea? Not even sure where to start? I use my values to guide my life and career. It's the basis of how I've built boundaries for myself and stuck to them. Are you ready to dig into what matters to you? Go to thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet. That's thecatchgroup.com to download your free values worksheet to get to your core values and take action on what matters most. Today on the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast, I have the pleasure of talking with Arlene Pacegreen. Arlene is an organizational psychologist and consultant, executive coach, and leadership development speaker. She is the author of a new book called You Deserve to Love Your Job, How to Find Your Purpose and Enjoy Your Life. Arlene is the founder and CEO of Enelra Talent Solutions. Enelra works with individuals and businesses they believe in to provide executive coaching, org design, and leadership development offerings that enable business and people development. Arlene has a doctorate in industrial and organizational psychology from Old Dominion University and brings over 20 years of experience working internally in various corporate organizations. She is known for her business partnership and ability to collaborate to bring solutions to complex challenges. Arlene has co-authored articles, book chapters, and symposiums on various topics, including selection and hiring, talent assessment, organizational design, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Arlene lives in Dallas, Texas with her husband, daughter, and Chewini. You are going to love this conversation with Arlene. I've had the pleasure of knowing and working with her for over 15 years. At one point, she was my manager, and as our careers progressed, she's been my mentor, coach, and friend. We've talked about this concept of having a board of directors before, this close circle of people that you go to for counsel on work and life to get objective guidance and opinions. Arlene is definitely on my board of directors. It was so fun having a conversation with her. I know that you'll enjoy it too. Let's get started. Well, thank you so much, Arlene, for joining us on the You Belong in the Suite podcast. I am looking forward to it. I am so excited to have you here, and I think it's just really great timing, and I'm just so excited for your book to come out. I've partnered with you and known you and consider you a dear friend. 
how long have we known each other now? Almost 15 years? You know, I was thinking about this earlier this week. I think it has to be at least that. Yeah. Free babies, free marriage, (laughs) at least that. Yeah. And um, I want to tell a story if it's okay with you. Sure. Uh, a, uh, A story that I think just encapsulates who you are as a person and really reminded me of, you know, why I love you so much. I'm going to bring you back to a couple of years ago. We were at a um, women's leadership conference. It was in Dallas. It was one of those big, huge ballrooms. Um, And we were at, you know, one of what, one tables of many, many, many tables of women. I think it was this annual uh, women's conference that we attended. And there was a woman on stage talking about work-life balance and this adage of, you know, can you ever have it all? Is that a myth? And she actually asked the audience, all 800 of us, and she said, is it possible? Do you think you can have it all? And if it is possible, does anyone actually feel like they can have it all? Do you have it all right now? And everyone's looking around, looking around. And this one woman raised her hand. And out of 800, only one woman did. And they, the speaker went up to her and said, you have it all. What's your secret? And she owned her own business. I think she was a publisher or something. And um, that was it. It was one person in the whole place that raised her hand that said that she had it all. And just after that, you nudged me and you said, oh, hey, I, I think I have it all. <laughs> I totally feel like I do. I just didn't want anybody to feel bad. So I didn't have <laughs> my hand. And I, and I just love that so much because it just perfectly describes you to me is, yes, you are totally transparent, but you're also very humble. And mm-hmm. I just, it, it just um, makes me laugh that you do have it all. You just didn't want to brag about it. <laughs> I do feel like that. It's um, I haven't always felt that way, but right now for the last several years, I really do feel that way. So, and you're right. It's rare. So you almost, in some ways, you're almost afraid to tell other people because you feel bad when other people don't have it. So, yeah. And to that end, you've now written a book that is coming out soon called you deserve to love your job. So I want you to tell us a little bit about your personal journey and how you did that yourself to get to this place where you do have it all. You know, I always just had this enduring belief that I wanted to love my work and I felt like I deserved to love the work that I did, but it was a process I feel like to get there. Uh, I went through a lot of different steps. You know, I think most of us hear about people like I was listening to an interview the other day with Malala, you know, just this huge girls' rights and ed- girls' education advocate. She had a really traumatic experience early in her life. And that experience really defined the work she's done through her teen years. She's done so much already, you know, into early adulthood. And there are a lot of people like that who have one main thing that just defines their whole work life and their work experience. For me, it wasn't like that. And in doing the research for the book, I found out for a lot of people, it's not like that. It's more of a process, right? And so I've gone into work that I love. But sometimes in the middle of that or toward the end of that, you realize, ah, this isn't quite it. You know, there's something else I'm looking for. And when that opportunity or that awareness has come to me, I've been willing to say, okay, so what is it? And let me move to the next thing. So I've kind of gone through a progression of different jobs, now owning my own business, doing different things, even in the business. So it's been a progression. And I feel like with every progression, I've gotten closer and closer to doing exactly what I'm called to do. 
and closer and closer to having a really full life, like all the elements that are important to me. But it started with this enduring belief that I wanted to love my work and I deserved to love my work. And so in that, I was going to keep doing things and keep pursuing it until I got there. It's an evolution. For sure. For me, it has been. It's not for everyone. But in the research for the book, I learned it more likely is than it isn't. If you're more likely to kind of get there over time through trial and error and practice than you are to maybe learn it at age 12. <laughs> and then that's what you do the rest of your life. I think that's how we think about it happens. Like the only people that love their work are the people that have this one passion that they've been passionate about their whole lives. But that's not really true. A lot of times it's more of an evolution. Were there points in your career within corporate that nudged you towards entrepreneurialism? Yeah, you know, I always wanted to open up my own business. Um, I remember even being in grad school and thinking, well, if I get my PhD, I'm either going to become a professor or open my own business. Like that was my goal then. Hmm. But I didn't really have anyone in my family that had run their own business. I didn't have people around me that had done it. So I think it was kind of like an idea, but I didn't really put it into practice. Um, so I went into different corporate roles. And a lot of those corporate roles, though, because even in a role in, a, in an organization, they're running a business. So even by working for other people, you're learning how to run a business based on what job you have, what metrics you're dealing with. So I was still I didn't realize at the time, but all those roles were teaching me how to run a business. And so eventually I got to a place in one of my roles where I just thought, this isn't it. Like, I need to go find something different. This is no longer meeting all my needs. And so once I figured that out, I looked at lots of different things that I was considering, um, different jobs, going back to be a professor, some nonprofit work. And it came back to me. I was like, oh my God, 20 years ago, you said you were going to open your own business. Like, maybe now's the time. And so I really started pursuing that and learning more about it. And the more I did, the more it was confirmed for me that, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. And how did you go about doing that? Talking to people, researching stuff? Yes, yes, and yes. So I did a lot of different things, all the things I would say. So I did talk to certain people who had done it, who had done especially what I wanted to do. I talked to a lot of people to find out. I think what they showed me is that it was possible. A lot of times I think we just have this limiting belief that you know, we don't really think we can do it. It feels so much like a dream, feels too far from where we are that we don't think we can do it. So I talked to a lot of people who had done it and they gave me great advice. I certainly did a lot of research online as well. And then I just started writing. Like I'm a big believer in writing um, and how writing is, it's just helpful in clarifying your thoughts and direction. So I started writing just what would a business look like? Then once I actually took the time to write it down, I remember it was like a Saturday morning and I was like, I'm just going to spend, you know, however long it takes me to write down every thought I have about a business. And I was done in like three hours. <laughs> and I was like, wow, less, probably a little less than that. And I think it was because I'd had so many thoughts in my head for so long, but I had to actually put them on paper. And so they weren't, they weren't like real to me. But once I put it on paper, I typed it in and looked at it. That was pretty much it. I mean, I pretty much had decided in that moment I was going to open it because it felt so right to me. Once it was on paper, it was like, yeah, this is it. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. I love that. And from that point until you transitioned, how long was that? Gosh, I think it was about, it's in the book. I think it was about nine or 10 months. Okay. And honestly, I was ready like 
almost immediately. I was like, let's go. But um, thankfully I have a very, a more patient husband. <laughs> and he was like, you're leaving your job. What in the world are we doing here? You're leaving your salary. So it just made me put some more things in place so that I could leave more easily. Right. So I'm, beyond the business plan, I started thinking about, okay, what, what's the website going to be? How am I specifically going to make money like month one? What are some contacts I can start reaching out to? So I kind of put some things in place to make the transition a lot easier than it would have been had I left that moment. But I made the decision pretty early on. Um, I remember I was in a meeting with my pastor. He, we were talking about it. And he was like, well, you know, go home and write your resignation letter and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. And so I went home back to writing. I think it's super important. I went home and actually typed it up. Um, and I didn't send it for nine months. But once I typed it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's real. Like that's real to me. That's exactly what I should be doing. That is so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an interesting exercise to do way before you even hand it in. Yeah, exactly. So in your journey through corporate and now in your own business, um, you coach organizations and individuals. What do you feel like people are struggling the most with in their jobs right now? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a difficult time right now, just in terms of the, the pandemic and all the highlight on racial injustice in the last couple of years. Um, but I think even now, and I'd say before all of that as well, the thing that most of my clients struggle with the most is, you know, maybe at one point in their life, they define success and happiness one way. And then you live 10, 15, 20, 30 years, you get more experiences and you get to a point where you're defining it differently. And now you have to decide what you're going to do with that, right? Because maybe you've invested 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years in a career, in an organization. And now you're coming to this realization that you want something different. You know, like I hear a lot of people, I've heard this story so many times, you probably have as well. You know, maybe people started out and they were just looking for a stable salary and good benefits. It was like, gosh, if it gives me that, that's huge for me at this age. And so that's what they focused on. And they built their career on that. And now you get to a point in your career where you think, oh, I don't, that's not enough for me anymore. I want to work in an area I love. I want to love the work I do. I want to serve people in a different way. So coming to that realization and then deciding what you're going to do with it. And I think the biggest struggle for people is because we tend to look at it in extremes. Mm -hmm. So we tend to think, oh, either I got to stay in this job for the next 20, 30 years which feels like drudgery if you're not enjoying it, or, and I've had more than three people tell me this, or I'm going to get some goats and live out on a farm somewhere and just like (laughs) run away from everything I know right now. Like we tend to think in these really big extremes and because no extreme feels right or feels um, doable, we just tend to stay stuck and just sometimes even getting really resentful and just disappointed with life. And so I think that's the biggest challenge is like not looking at it in extremes and instead saying, and that's one of the things we talk about in the book or what kind of actions can I take? What are some ideas for things I can do that move me closer to where it is I want to be without thinking about it as either I have to stay where I am and just bang it out for the next 30 years, or I'm going to go totally up in my life. Um, I'm not saying either one of those are wrong, but there are a lot of options in between. I love the option in between too. I think that's something sometimes people don't think is an option. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also have had thoughts of living in a tiny house somewhere 
<laughs> so I think at one point we were watching Tiny House Nation and my husband was like, no. <laughs> it's like, but really there's not a lot of cleaning. Like, there's, there's some good things about this life. Oh, I've thought about it too. It's like, man, I'll watch farm shows and be like, oh man, all they have to worry about is the animals. <laughs> and my husband's like, you know, they get up early and work really hard, right? I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> the other life always seems so dreamy. It's like, oh, that would be amazing. When in reality, our probably what would make us most happy, bring us the most joy, fulfillment is probably somewhere in between. Let's talk about the in-between a little bit. How could somebody bring more joy or a change, more of whatever that is for them into a job they already have? Yeah, I mean, I think it starts with, it's a couple of things. One thing I think it starts with is figuring out what it is you really most want. It's, it's easy sometimes to complain about what we have without forcing ourselves to do the work about what we do want. Mm-hmm. It's kind of easy to experience something and say, oh, I don't like vanilla. It's like, okay, you don't like vanilla. What do you like? So I think a lot of times um, we're just not in touch with what it is we actually like. So I think first step is you have to kind of figure out what it is you actually want. So you have some, and I know you talk about this as well. You have something to move towards, right? So you have to figure out what you want, first of all. And in the book, I talk about kind of a three-step plan, like look in, look out, look forward. Look in is that step of figuring out what it is you want. Then when you're talking about what you can do, especially in your current job, I think a lot of it starts with our mindset. So it's like I was saying, it's really easy to complain about what something is right now. But if you're spending eight to 12 hours a day doing something that you don't enjoy, then it's time to go deeper and figure out why am I doing that? Um, Maybe there are certain things in that job that I value so much that I don't want to leave them. And in the book, I talk about this kind of power by motivation matrix, which is, first of all, assessing your motivation. Are you motivated to do something different or not? And wherever you are, we have some tips to kind of help you get there if you want to. Uh, But then secondly, assessing how you feel about your power. A lot of times we feel more stuck than we actually are. You know, so if you're in your current job, then it's not you can't leave most of the time. It's you're choosing not to. And just changing your mindset around. It's not, I can't leave. I'm choosing not to leave. And then start asking yourself, why am I choosing not to leave? Because we often make ourselves feel more limited and stuck than we really are. Because in your, and if you decide at the end of that, you know what, I'm choosing to stay here, then you need to choose to enjoy it. Again, you're spending eight to 12 hours there a day. Either there's something there you need and want, and you want to focus on how do I appreciate that and enjoy it? or you need to figure out what differently you need to do and take steps to move in that direction. But I think what makes people dislike their work the most is when they feel stuck. Yeah. Um, and we tell ourselves we're stuck, but oftentimes we're not. We're just choosing to be there. We're choosing to be stuck. Mm-hmm. So interesting. What, um, what have you seen people do to turn it around once they find their passion? Do you have any examples of you know being able to implement something in your current work that has turned it around for a leader that you can bring us through? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple and I have one for myself too. I experienced this myself, but one for one of the leaders I was coaching, she really liked her work environment, but didn't like her work. She had been more in a finance area, really wanted to be in more of the people space and the marketing space. She was exploring that. 
And she took it upon herself to go back to school, you know, got a new degree in an area, got some new certifications in an area and was able to move internally into a space that she liked. It was more of a the financial aspect of the people side, but it moved her closer, right? And since then, she's gotten another role or two in that space that's moved her even closer where she wanted to go. But it started with her, one, defining what she wanted to do and then being willing to take some steps that were maybe a little different. So sometimes it really is doing something different. But sometimes what needs to change in a situation is ourselves, like our own mindset. Like I could think about one job I had where I was really unhappy in the job. And so I talked to, I happened to be in a Bible study at the time on work. I talked to some really good friends and advisors of mine. And I realized that the problem was me. Like I had a really bad attitude towards leadership. Didn't really know how to work with others in authority. Was kind of tied to my own definition of what right was. And if they weren't doing what I thought was right, I found it frustrating. So what really needed to change was my own attitude, my own approach, my own mindset to work. And when I changed that over time through affirmations, through talking with other faith-based people, once I did that, I loved it. Like I was like, you know, it wasn't the work. It was the mindset I was bringing to the work. It was the attitude I was bringing to the work. So I think as we explore what needs to change, we have to be open to the idea. It's not always, but sometimes what needs to change is us. Like we, have to change our, we have to change our own mindset and ideas uh, because you learn a lot in working with other people. Anyone who's had a job knows this. You learn a lot about yourself in working with other people. And in that self-awareness, sometimes what needs to change is actually our own approach, our own mindset, the, our own attitude we're bringing to the work. I love that. Um, and that self-awareness is very powerful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very powerful. Yeah. Um, have you seen leaders figure out doing their passion outside of their job, then being more fulfilled and loving their job even more? Is that a thing? That is a complete thing, I think. Um, so, you know, in that app options that you might think about it, how you move from where you are to what you most want to do, I think it's helpful in a couple of ways. So, one, whether it's volunteering, whether it's starting a side business you know, or whether it's uh, one leader, I know a friend of mine, she started volunteering at her job. Like, so she was really into mindfulness and helping people become more mindful. And so she started offering sessions at her job for that for free. But that alone gave her even more fulfillment in the work that she's doing. So absolutely, it doesn't have to be in your job. Um, I think back to that comment around having it all, part of me to having it all is having a full life, right? So yes, I have work I love, but I have family, I have friends, you know, I have community work I enjoy. So it's knowing what's important to you and making sure that all of those areas are fulfilled. And so sometimes you get fulfillment from things outside of work for sure. Sometimes it's a hobby that you might just enjoy doing. So it helps in a couple ways. One, it helps you to get whatever that need is met, one. Mm -hmm. But two, there's a lot of research around hobbies just add to your life in general. They give you a different perspective. And sometimes those hobbies turn into businesses or turn into jobs. It's like the first step, right? So it's like the first thing you do to kind of kind of put your toe in the water on something new. And you might put your toe in the water and decide, oh my God, I hate that. Like, <laughs> I thought that was going to be awesome. I thought goat herding was going to be amazing, but I don't like being out here with these goats, you know? So it might be something I've seen people try stuff and figure out that, wow, I thought I was going to like that, but I don't. And it can make you appreciate what you have even more. 
Or you might start something like that and realize, oh my God, I love it. And that encourages you further and further in that direction. So I think starting small and starting with one thing is super important. I remember doing a conference one time and I was so surprised. A lot of people already have that one thing in mind. Like what's the next one thing you could do that moves you closer to work you love, um, you know, just kind of operating in your purpose, but they just haven't taken that step. So yeah, taking that first step is important and it certainly doesn't have to be within the scope of your current work. I love this idea of your job is not everything, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. your, your fulfillment is everywhere. And I talk about values and meeting your values, right? And I feel there's some parallels there. And I know that I've never met all of my values just in my job. That's just not going to happen. And that's okay. Cause I can do that in other ways and other aspects of my life and impact the world, how I want to in that way too. What do you think holds people back from doing that first step? Like you said that you think they know what it is, but what's holding them back from doing it? Yeah, I mean, what people said at this conference I attended was that they didn't know where it was going to lead. It's kind of like knowing the end from the beginning. And I know a lot of times we say, you should know the end from the beginning, (laughs) like, you know, start with the end in mind. And we say a lot of these things, which I understand it directionally. It's saying have some vision and a plan for where you're going. Totally agree with that. And when you're doing something new, it's almost impossible to envision the end from the beginning because it's so new. I never would have thought that my business would be exactly what it is today. I didn't envision that when I laid out the plan because I didn't know enough. I didn't have enough experiences. I hadn't grown the way I've grown in the last several years. Um, So what they told me was that they weren't sure it was going to work out. You know, it's like they were, yeah, I have some ideas. Maybe I'll do this. But what if this and what if that and what if this happens? And, you know, you can basically talk yourself into paralysis, like into doing nothing because you're not sure if this is going to work out in the end. So I say take pressure off the need for it to work out in the end. Instead, do the next thing, whatever that thing is. And through that, you will gain insight, information, it will either confirm some things or tell you to do something different, but you won't know it until you start doing it. And there's just a couple of really interesting articles. But one thing I talk about in the book is that for most people, your purpose is built, not found. Mm-hmm. Meaning you're going to build your purpose over time with different actions, questions, people around you. Through all that, you're going to learn what your purpose is because you're going to invest time into building it it's not always something you walk around and just find on the street. Like, you don't always just go to the movie and it's like, oh my God, that's it. That's what I want to be. That does happen for some people, but the research says for most people, it's through active exploration, conversations, trial and error. That's how you really, you know, discover and build your purpose over time. I love that. And that feels more intentional. Yeah, it is. And honestly, you have more control over it because it's in your exploration. And for a lot of people, just getting started brings a level of peace that they don't expect because you don't have to be at the end of a journey to enjoy it. Like every step can really be enjoyable because you're moving in the direction of what you most want. And there's a lot of research that says every step you take that's in the direction of your, like you talk about your values or what you're, what you most want in your mind, the direction of your thoughts is encouraging and encourages you to take the next step. So just moving in the right direction can bring a lot of 
joy and peace to a lot of aspects of your life, even if you're not quote unquote there yet. I love that. I love that so much. What advice would you give to someone who aren't really at that path? They feel more like in crisis mode, like at their wits end, they need a change. Like it's, it was yesterday. Maybe it, you said a word that I resonated with earlier, drudgery. They're in the drudgery. They're in the, the bottom of the drudgery. What do, you, what do you tell them? Well, I mean, one thing I say, I have a chapter in the book called Before You Quit Your Job. <laughs> one thing I say is I never want people to make rash decisions that they look back on later and think, why did I just do that? <laughs> that was not the best decision. So I never encourage rash decisions, but I do want people to take the time they need to figure it out. So if you feel like you're in a state of drudgery, I say, you know, take a vacation day, take a mental health day, take a day on the weekend on Saturday. And instead of doing like all your laundry and errands, take a day to go to the park and to think with, you know, think about what it is you most want. Cause I want you to just be clear because we know that when we are sick, tired, frustrated, angry, all those kind of things, our mind is not the clearest. And so we also don't make the best decisions. So when you feel totally overwhelmed, I just always want people to take a moment to take a pause, uh, to get in a more calm centered place. Think about this again and make sure you still want to make the same decision. Now, if after that you say, I need to quit my job, then quit your job. I mean, you know, you have to do what's best for your life in the, at the end of the day. So, I, you know, if that's what you need to do. That's what you should do. But I want you to do it from a calm centered place. So I think if you're in a place of just feeling overwhelmed, drudgery, frustration, figure out how to get yourself back to a calm centered place. Take time off, take a Saturday to yourself, take an evening to yourself. Um, take three or four, you know, uh, evenings over a couple of weeks where you just take a long bath, like do something to get yourself at a calm centered place and then re-ask yourself that same question. Because I find with most people, we know what the answer is. It's inside of us. We just don't allow ourselves to calm down and get to a centered enough place to ask it. Um, so I'd say, I've been there. I've been in drudgery before, <laughs> you know, at certain roles, not for a long period of time, but certain times in a, in a job, you feel like, oh, like, I just don't know if I can do it. Um, yeah. Get, get calm and centered and then ask yourself that question again. I love that so much, especially now. I feel like there's probably more overwhelm, anxiety and added stress. Like I need to keep my job in a pandemic, like all the stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's a lot going on right now. And I think for a lot of people in conversations I've had, for some people, it has raised almost this idea and this expectation that, yeah, I do need to love my job. Like, yeah. I really do need to love my work. Um, almost yeah. like a, you know, not wanting to put up with it anymore kind of a feeling is what I'm getting from some of my clients. Like they've gotten to a place where, and maybe it's the time more people, some people have more time at home. Um, maybe it's more time with their thoughts, but I feel like even in the midst of all this that has happened in the last, you know, year and a week now, or whatever it is, year or so, I think some people have gotten more clarity on what yeah. they want and are looking for something different. And that's something that I could tell you that is true for me. Yeah. Um, I have gotten absolutely more clarity and it's exactly what you said. It's this idea of you know it, you know what you need to do. Even if there are certain parts of your job that you love, 
if there's something else that you love more, that's a thing. Like that's where I was. And it's where is your impact going to be served the most? And for me, um, unlike you, I never thought I would be an entrepreneur in a million years. And so um, for me, I was, you know, had to challenge some assumptions of what that meant. And it took me a long time to realize that, yes, this is what I really want to do. Coaching has always been a passion, um, but the pandemic brought clarity for me. Yeah, I heard that from I heard that from several people. And, you know, once you start working in area areas of purpose where you're like, this is what I'm called to do, like this just is me. It is so reaffirming. Like it just is, it's almost like once you get there, not that you couldn't go back, but it's really hard. Like, like people have asked me, would I go back to a particular position I had, which I loved at the time. But once I progressed to something different, it's like, that would be, I, I would be really difficult because now I have a new understanding of what working in my purpose is. And it's just so affirming. It's so encouraging. There's so much joy in it that I feel like adds to other areas of my life. Like I'm a way better parent than I think I was before. I think I'm a better friend than I was before. You know, it just, it adds to so many other areas of your life that once you have it, um, you'll do a lot to hold up to it. <laughs> it's almost as if you have it all. <laughs> I do feel like I have it on. <laughs> Not that I'm bragging, of course, <laughs> but I do feel like that. I do feel like in this life, in this space, um, you know, some of us is probably, I don't know if you'd say lowering your expectations, but getting to realistic expectations for different areas of my life. But I mean, I honestly do feel like that. I feel like I live a really full, abundant, joyful life with people I love. And it's a blessing. It, it really is. And I want everyone to get to that same place. I love that so much. And I think that's exactly what you've done in your new book. And I feel like this is going to be such a great tool for so many people. Um, I was lucky enough to be a beta reader. So I got to read it before lots of other people. And I took away so many things. The exercises in there are just, they're practical, they're thoughtful, it's introspective. And it just brings you on this journey of understanding really what you want to do and how to do that. And there's so many different avenues like you said, it could be you deserve to love the job you're already in because you need a new mindset shift or you're going to create impact in a new way. Or it's, you know, putting in some time outside of work to then bring that um, that abundance back into your job yeah. um, and lots of different paths. And so this book, to me, um, it's not a choose your own adventure, but it's a <laughs> it's choose your path. Um, yeah. bringing clarity to what that could mean for you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. And thank you for being a beta reader. <laughs> I appreciate that. And yeah, that's, I mean, that is my, ah, that's what I really want for people is that for everyone to live an abundant life, you only get one, you know, and I want it to be abundant and full and joyful and for you to every day feel like I have it all, you know, I really do. I have it all. So that's, that's absolutely what I hope people get from the book. We are excited to share that the book is available for pre-order now. Um, and that is at arlenepacegreen.com. We'll put that in the show notes. We can order the book now. It'll um, send in April. And if you can't wait, um, you can also download the first chapter. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Wonderful. 
Well, thank you so, so much, Arlene. I'm so happy that we we're able to chat today and hopefully give some people some tools that will help them get the job that they deserve and love. That's right. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm more than thrilled to introduce a new program that our community has asked for. We are launching the You Belong in the C-Suite group coaching program. I've been coaching for over 10 years, and one thing I know is that sometimes you need accountability to make progress. Over the last few weeks, I've had multiple sessions with leaders who know that they need a change. They put so much into their work every day, but they aren't fulfilled. With group coaching, you get an individualized plan to take action on what matters most. And the best part? You get friends to go along the journey with you. You'll learn together. You'll celebrate together. The world needs your leadership. How will you bring it to them? Is it setting concrete boundaries so you can live a more fulfilled life? Is it setting a path for a bigger job at a company that aligns with your values? Learn more at thecatchgroup.com to apply to You Belong in the C-Suite Group Coaching Program. The world needs more diversity and authenticity. Your leadership belongs there. You belong in the C-Suite. Apply now at thecatchgroup.com. I want to thank you so much for listening to the You Belong in the C-Suite podcast. If you are enjoying this content, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a show. Editing and support for this podcast is from SNE Podcast Management. To get more tips and tools to help you live a life guided by your values, go to thecatchgroup.com. Keep your boundaries and take care.